you ready to take your writing to the next level? Then welcome to the Book Editor Show. Join Clark Chamberlain and Peter Turley each week as they teach you all the tips, tools, and techniques you need to move your book from manuscript to market. Visit thebookeditorshow.com for show notes, links to guests, books, and extras to make your old novel better than ever. Now, please welcome Clark Chamberlain and Peter Turley. Welcome to the Book Editor Show. I am Clark Chamberlain, and I am joined with Peter Turley. How are you doing today, Peter? I'm excellent. How are you, Clark? I am very, very well. So, uh, <laughs> today is uh, episode four, and we're going to be talking about uh, character development. And we've kind of hit a little bit on this, and kind of, I think we hit the, a little bit on this in about every show that we do, don't we? Yeah, we, yeah, it's something we kind of keep coming back to, isn't it? <laughs> but uh, it, it, it isn't just something as and of itself, really, is it? It does sort of leak its way into every aspect of writing. It, it really does, you know, it's, uh, it's a really, it's an important part because uh, you're trying to make a great character-driven story and so understanding that character and how that character is going to develop um, or reverse develop, you know, and, and fall apart or, or come together in their story, you know, being able to understand that's going to help you with your editing process to make sure that you've actually put all of that into place. Um, to start off, I wanted to, to talk a little bit about um, um, what kind of characters we have and we're talking about. You know, of course, you've got your protagonist, your hero, or anti-hero that's, that's the star of the story. Um, but then we're also talking about our antagonist. You know, um, readers are, are connecting more. They want to have a connection with the antagonist to understand the antagonist a little bit better. Um, we, of course, you've got uh, sidekicks. You know, people that uh, that are going to help give information back and forth to your protagonist. Um, a foil, uh, you know, a foil is a character that can be the antagonist. A foil is someone who's at odds and opposed to the protagonist, and it oftentimes is the antagonist, but sometimes can just be another character. So if you're thinking like Harry Potter, uh, Draco Malfoy is a foil to in the majority of those stories to Harry Potter. Know that it's it's he's the opposite of the protagonist Harry Potter there. Um, yeah, it sort of helps just helps sort of define the uh, the protagonist as uh, by by definition of being the polar opposite almost. It does, you know, and it, like you're saying, it, it gives a very clear definition, and it also allows the protagonist to um, to delve into areas that maybe they wouldn't be in had that foil not been there. You know, to, it really secures the protagonist standing in the story. Um, when we were off air, we were talking, and you had some uh, uh, some other things you wanted to share on this development. Yeah, um, more just sort of what um, the, the things that I look at when when developing characters, um, things that I think are, well essential <laughs> to every character in a novel, particularly the uh, the protagonist, but also uh, as you mentioned, the antagonist, um, such as I mean, obviously it's goals that kind of you know, move your character from point A to point B to to eventually the end of the novel. And I think it's important to remember that every character in the novel or the story should have goals, uh, you know, including the antagonist and and conflicting goals as like most importantly. Um, and to sort of consider that each character, whether it's a side character or the foil or the antagonist, um, they're the hero of their own story. Um, and I think that really helps bring life 
to to these characters like because sometimes you can get caught up in just just really developing this this excellent and intriguing protagonist um but then you've you've got to remember that the, the villain or the the antagonist they're the hero of no story and that they're doing whatever they're doing for a reason and for a reason that they probably think is good in its own right um, and I think if you can kind of flesh out those reasons, it really brings life to these these side characters or antagonists or, you know, ones that we can often neglect. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you don't want to end up with the old silent movie villain, you know, twirling the mustache. Um, <laughs> it doesn't seem to have any reason for 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 stealing the girl away, you know, that... Uh, um, apart from being an evil villain. <laughs> yeah, apart from just being evil. So... Um, uh, in my uh, book, Another Day, Another Name, uh, which is book one of a series, um, I have this character, Melissa, and uh, she's the, the ex-wife who you know, seems to be power-hungry and, and for some reason wants to destroy her ex-husband's life or bring him back. Oh, he's good. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but really, like, um, you, know, you don't get a lot of what's going on because she was a, a, a minor character uh, she wasn't the antagonist in the story, but she was a, a minor uh, foil to what's going on and um, to my my main female protagonist in the story. But um, but in the second book, um, Another Day in the Deception, which is coming out uh, this next year, uh, she's taken on a whole new life, you know, and you really get in to why she is the way she is and, and what happened into her own life to make her this way and, and more about her. And she, it, there's going to be people people that hate me, you know, because she was such a hateable character, but uh, they're going to be conflicted now. And I think that's fun, is to to make people question, just, are they really that bad? Yeah, it's it's this sort of, uh, this grey character, so it, it's no longer black and white, and it's it's sort of, you're like, oh, I hate this character, and then you find out the motivation, and you're like, oh, yeah, okay, I, I can actually kind of sympathize <laughs> with that character, even though, you know, they, they are sat there twirling a moustache still. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, um, and uh, you know, because that's uh, you can end up with these flat characters a lot of times. Just like you were saying before, you know, you've spent way too much time on the protagonist. You've developed them; they're very dynamic. They've got a lot of, of of depth, and they've got this great arc. And then everybody else around them is basically could be interchangeable with anybody. You know, it they have no uh, no depth involved. They're one dimensional. And you want to stay away from that. What are some of the things that you do to help move yourself away from that flat character? Um, I mean, we've talked about story goals um, and having something that they're they're trying to achieve in each scene, in each chapter. You know, and it, and these can be small things. You know, it could be, you know, it could be just trying to leave the room and that, and that someone's stopping them and for some reason they can't and they're caught up in a really awkward conversation. It could be something that small, or it could be. You know, it could be a story goal, but I think aside from that, to really bring depth to the character, to to have them have passions and things that they really care about, and these don't need to, you know, take up a lot of space on the page. They don't need to sort of be in depth, but to just have something that that they're really good at or they really care about. Um, take uh, Sam out of uh, Lord of the Rings. You know, he's he's really he loves cooking, doesn't he? And he loves food, and it sort of just paints this this extra side to him that. That you need to sort of bring yourself a little bit closer to the character. Um, yeah, I think I think picking a at least one passion for, for each character that sort of sits outside of the story goals um, is is a great place to start. 
No, that's a really good idea, you know, and and, um, and just like you're saying that, that I like that uh, um, bringing up Sam because you know, what a great what a great way to show that as an example there because he they didn't go back and do this huge backstory of why Sam liked to cook and eat. <laughs> so so we don't need to have we don't need to have the answers. We just need to see the passion. It's, yeah, yeah, just just sort of just brings life to it, and um, you know you sort of you start feeling like you know the character and uh, you, you just start enjoying spending time with that character. Just like when you, you know, you, you, you go on a date with someone and then the, the second date you sort of, you learn a little bit more about them. And, and it's the same kind of thing, you know, you, you, you want these things to sort of come, come out in drips and come out in little bits and, you know, let the, the reader get to know the character slowly, but make sure that there are these things there to get to know. Yeah, absolutely, and because um, that's that's going to go and that's going to help make that dynamic character. And we're not just talking about the protagonist and the antagonist. We're talking about a lot of the characters. You know, if the character is going to have uh, any type of, of major page time, you know, that they're going to be in there more than once, um, they got to have a little something on the side there. Um, uh, this is something that I've uh, so in a series, you know, that you're going to have characters that might have a minor role in one book and have a bigger role in the next book. And so, making sure that they have something in that first book so that the people can remember them, you know, whether it's just a line or two, uh, like you said, you know, that the, it's something that they've got going on that you're going to be able to remember. And uh, if it's mentioned again, that it's going to be memorable enough that you're going to bring it back because you're not flooding people with all the, the information at once. Yeah, and that's it. That's um, sort of makes me think when you say like memorable. And you can use these sort of in the future then and say like your character likes to cook a certain dish and you know later on you know someone can walk into the room and smell this dish and immediately the reader knows who's going to be in that room and it sort of it does add this sense of recognizability to to the characters and to the, the setting and it, it just makes the whole thing much more visceral. Absolutely and you know this is not stuff that you have to have planned out before you start writing. You know, you can you can do you can sit down and do this. You could spend months doing this, but this is really something you can do in the editing process. You know that you you found that a character needs to have more depth, and so that you can go back and find those spots. And you're not just going to wedge them in. You know, you're finding spots where it has a natural flow into the story that you can insert this, um, so that you can bring it back later. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, you know, you're not by tinkering around with this, you're not going to sort of create any major plot holes by <laughs> by like adding these things in. And as you say, if you can if you can find somewhere where it fits in, you know, naturally, then then all the better. Uh -huh. I think uh, um, I think to so I I was a big nonfiction reader for the majority of my life, and it uh, it wasn't until the the third movie for Harry Potter had come out, and um, I was at that time I was uh, working at the as a, a film critic uh, with the Broadcast Film Critics Association of Television, and um, and I really enjoyed that movie. And the the, the talk was that they weren't going to make any more movies because the books get darker, you know, and they were afraid the kids wouldn't be interested in coming to see them. And they were trying to figure out exactly if they could make the money on them or not. And of course, you know, hindsight, of course it could. <laughs> but yeah, um, I mean, the audience yeah. grows as well, don't they? Along like with the with, with the what's fact. going on. But uh, but so I decided to jump into the novels at that point because I was like, well, I want to I want to read these and see what's see what's up. And uh, I got through books one and two within just a couple of days, and uh, <laughs> actually called in sick in day two, so I could. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I was really lucky with the Harry Potters. I sort of 
avoided the whole scene. And then I think Half-Blood Prince was uh, just coming out, the movie, um, and I decided, you know what, I'm going to give it a go. And I hadn't watched any of the movies, so I got to sort of read a book, watch the movie, read a book, watch the movie, and and that was just a great experience. Yeah, well, and you know that... um... What you notice in there is this character development, and um, it seems like this amazing foreshadowing. You know that the, that there's something mentioned in book one that's brought up again in book three or four or five. You know, something that that does this, and I think we give authors a lot of credit for that, where it really might be something that they've had put in there that they're drawing from later on and adding more to it, and you can do that. And that's the fun thing, you know, that you when you build this stuff in place, it's something that you can play with down the road if you're doing a series. Yeah, yeah, you can you can certainly learn this stuff, and it is easy to read it sometimes and think, oh my god, that's so clever. And it's like, well, it is clever, but it's clever editing. Right, it is, it is clever editing, you know, and um, you can, like I was just saying, you can just build this stuff into it, you know, um, just because you add a, a little throwaway line in book one. And you remember that line, you know, because it was interesting. And you bring that back in your book three, you know, and people are like, oh, my goodness, that's amazing. I can't believe that they had this all plotted out like this already. So (laughs) you're like, they didn't. (laughs) (laughs) They did not. So (laughs) uh, um, I don't want to get too far off track on that. uh, But uh, so I've been reading, you know, as you know, like with your own writing, you read it again and again and again, and you, you read stuff all the time with your work, you know, trying to make sure it's the best that it can be. Um, and uh, I have this character, and the, the scene where she makes this guy turn off a phone, and then someone else gets killed at the time, and I just wanted the phone turned off. I didn't really even think anything about it. And then later on, I'm like, oh, my goodness, she did it on purpose because she's in on it. You know, and it was just something that I wrote there first and then added to it later, you know. So <laughs> it made me look better than I was at what I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, and a lot of this stuff does does come out like that, and you know you, you can you can surprise yourself. Absolutely. So, um, so moving on with this, uh, we want to make sure that our characters, um, we know who our character is. So we can identify who that character is, protagonist, antagonist, and what their what their role is in the story. And if you have, uh, if you're moving forward to a point where you're having multiple protagonists, you know where people are more at a at a level. Um, no, that, that moves you into a little bit more dangerous ground uh, to make sure that you're doing it very well, um, but need to know who's doing what and what jobs they're following and making sure that they aren't just this flat character, that they're more dynamic, uh, like Peter was saying, you know, that they have a passion outside of what it is that they're doing. Um, and then I was, I, something else that you mentioned uh, one of our previous shows that I really liked is that we're talking about character arcs. Um, you know, you've got this character arc that actually brings a character back. The protagonist brings them back around, like uh, Tristan and Stardust. You know, that they they begin, they end where they begin. Yeah, that's a, that's a great example. And uh, um, this can be uh, just really helpful. You know, that you can really kind of bookend the whole thing together. Um, have you ever worked any at all with reverse character arcs? Where the character starts at a high level and then falls apart. Um. No, um, not well. <laughs> Internally, um, yeah. So like, where a, a character started out really smug and you know really in love with themselves, and then the plot 
as it goes on, sort of the protagonists growing, and then the side characters just getting taken down and pegged, taken down and pegged. Taken. So, so in that sense, yeah, yeah. Because uh, um, I was having a conversation with a, a writer uh, about that the other day, and I, I find that uh, it's an interesting and difficult way to do it. You know, that uh, it, it moves, but with the reverse arc that you're bringing them down and then building them back up again after. Um, or if the or if it's a tragedy, you know that it's completely brought them completely fallen apart by the end of it. But uh, that's a kind of a, a more dangerous one. <laughs> Man, dangerous! <laughs> I gotta pick a new word. I make it sound like we're disarming a bomb here. <laughs> it's a more difficult one to pull off and pull it off well. <laughs> yeah, def- definitely. I mean, and like tragedies are. Yeah, you. Um, it's hard to. It's hard to figure what 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 the reader wants or is getting from from a, a tragedy. I, I wouldn't. Couldn't tackle one myself, I don't think. Um, yeah, they are. They're tough. Um, I've I've got uh, that's my my big one star review up on my book right now is because did not like the end. You know, she hated the end because there's a character who dies at the end. You know, and uh, and it was tough to to make that decision, um, but it uh, it has more payoff later. You know, and so if you're going to break a rule like that, you know, and where you're going to create a tragedy. Um, you got to make sure that you're going to you're doing it for a reason, you know. And it's not just because you want to just kill everybody off that people like, which sometimes I feel like happens in the George R. R. Martin books. <laughs> I was just gonna say, <laughs> not that we're bitter or anything. <laughs> not, no, not at all, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, one of the things that I do uh, for developing characters, and then maybe you want to share a little bit more about how you develop your characters too. Um, but so when I when I sit down with my char- sit down with the character in the story, and try to figure out where they're they're fitting in and, and what they're going to do, I um, I pull back from my journalist experience, um, and uh, I do a little short interview with them. And I've seen some character interviews that can be quite extensive, you know, and trying to find all this stuff out. But mine is just three questions, and uh, I try to figure out uh, what it is that they want, you know, what that goal is. Because like you were saying, everyone's a hero of their own story. You know, trying to figure out what it is that they want from their life and, and what they're after. Um, and then what it is that's holding them back from getting that. Uh, you know, and so that way it just sets up the conflicts really easy. Because um, it could be a character or it could be money or it could be something. And so that you have a clear definition of what it is that, uh, that you can work with and adding more of that to it, you know, so that if, uh, if it, so it's, it doesn't become too easy for them to get what it is that they're after, um, and you can set more obstacles in their way. And then the third question I ask them is, uh, what are they willing to do? How far are they willing to go to get what it is that they want? And that's uh, that can be really interesting, you know, to to see how deep your character will go, and and maybe you could do that with a reverse character arc, you know, to see how far they're willing to go to get what it is that they want, uh, and then to see if it's if it was worth it at the end. So, did, did their answers ever surprise you? Um, you know, actually, yeah. Um, I've uh, I've been surprised by characters, and you need to be open to that. You know, that uh, you, a character has to have their own life. They have to to be alive on that page, and they move forward, and they really can. They can absolutely surprise you in what it is that they're after. And uh, I've had some some eye openers that have made me go back and uh, either rework the plot before I get started, or uh, I've had to go back and rewrite things. Because it's it makes for a better story. Yeah. I mean, so, what are some of the things that you do when you're developing characters? Um, when I'm sort of setting out with like character creation, I generally go from. 
I mean, obviously, like you, you need to make sure that every character is serving a purpose. So as, so as you, you touched on before, don't just invent characters for the sake of having someone in your book. And you know, um, but mine tend to come from. Um, it starts with like the people around me. So a, a lot of will be influenced by sort of like friends, family, or something I've seen out and about. But it's not. It's not the whole character. That's just. It might just be one thing. It might be something they're wearing or a trait, and that's usually a starting point. And then for me. As I mentioned before, I I find it really useful to write my way into the character. So I'll start off with sort of a snapshot in my head of of this character and the the demeanor and their appearance, and I'll just put them in a scene with another already established character and just start writing. And I'll write my way in, and you know I won't really care about what's coming out, what they're saying, and and it all just sort of forms on the page um, then. And that's just that's just an exercise that's always worked for me, um, just letting the characters sort of become themselves. But it, it usually always starts with an image in my mind. Like I'm, I'm setting out with a general idea of what this character's like. Um, and once I've done that and I have the basis, I will, I will then sort of outline the goals and the, the passions and you know go a little bit more in depth with it that way. When you're coming up with that uh, image in your mind, do you end up ever casting characters like uh, from, like I know that you mentioned that you take maybe sometimes little parts of family and friends around you. Do you ever end up like fully casting a character? Like I would want this person to be this character. This is who they are. Um, no, in in the sense that I mean I do. Yeah, you, that is where you, I start out. But as you say, like your characters can surprise you. Um, so I, I may sort of cast the character, um, but then, you know, they, when you throw them into the mix, they react with other characters, and you know, they become something else, and you know, they react with the plot, and all these things sort of, you know, evolve and they change, um, and I, I sort of I let that happen on the page then, and you know, I think that's that's kind of something which takes it through sort of the story. A lot of like what I write is character driven. Um and if a character makes a decision and it's sort of the decision that that character would make, then then that's sort of like the direction that it that it will take. Mm -hmm. No, that absolutely makes sense. So and um, that's a really good way to to put that together, you know, where you're uh, seeing the character first and then then working out more about what it is that they're after. So yeah, I think uh, over over time it, it sort of naturally becomes something. Uh, you, you know, you start out with it, and then you won't even realize. But you know, you might go away for a few days, and then when you come back and and you write a new scene, and and the character just becomes more defined. And you know, the more you write them, the more clear they get, and the more clear they get in your own head and on the page. And yeah, I think yeah. Um, absolutely. You know that, uh, and I was just going to say there. Um, to not be afraid to to go back and when you're doing this editing, if you see that this character needs more and you see how much better they can be, it's not being afraid to go back and change it. Just because you've yeah. written all the words, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, sometimes you, you you do it and then you go back and you look and you think, well, hang on a minute, <laughs> this character would, wouldn't do that, you know. <laughs> and... Um, yeah, it's important to look for that stuff because as soon as you know the the reader's hopefully gonna engage with this character and get close, and you don't want them sort of getting a little way through and then thinking, hang on, they they wouldn't do that, and then 
you know, the suspension of disbelief is broken and they stop reading. Yeah, absolutely. And um, if uh, and sometimes you know that you might need a character to do something. You're right, and you have to figure out uh, a logical reason and, and make sure you're setting that up, and so that the the person doesn't feel like that they're getting a, the raw end of the deal as a reader. You know that they're getting some kind of trick. Um, yeah. I think um, uh, I read that there's sort of like a, like three main points to um, developing a character, and that's um, sort of how sympathetic they are. Um, how proactive they are and and how good they are at, at what they're doing um, and I think that they're, they're always worth considering um, you know obviously the, the there's different techniques to make a character sympathetic um, you know and, and quirks and passions uh, are a few of those things to, to make them relatable um, which you know as we said before are important for for every type of character but then you also want a character who's making decisions and doing things and not just you know letting the plot happen to them yeah absolutely you know you don't want them just to be idly uh, allowing the world to happen to them and pushing them into places it's got to feel like it's coming that the reasons coming from them you know i mean it's fine that they run into to something happening later on, but uh, but the initial drive for everything needs to come from their own decision making. So, um, I just I just lost my train of thought on <laughs> that one. Sorry. <laughs> so, um, but uh, putting together these kind of characters, it's it's a lot of fun to be able to do this. You know that you can go back and being able to play with characters is is amazing. Um, and especially, like you're saying, as you learn who they are, as, as they're growing, um, becoming a real flesh and blood character um, that isn't just some stock uh, superhero or stock person that you're just dropping into the scene. Um, I did want to mention one thing, uh, talking about um, having too many characters. Um, this can happen uh, as you're riding along, you know, that you might end up with characters that uh, really you could combine um, that can play the same role. Uh, or you know that have two portions of a role that they could end up combining into one character, um, and it's something you may want to consider uh, just to streamline your writing, and so it's less less for uh, the reader to have to pay attention to, and less development that's involved in it. Yeah, that's that's a really good point because sometimes it you know we can get carried away with just the the fun of character creation. Um, but that, that's a really interesting thought that if, if you can combine two characters, um, you know, and you're going to end up with one, you know, more rounded, uh, more evolved and deeper three-dimensional character. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know, and it's one last person for people to forget or to, trying to place in the story and what's happening to them. So, again, it's this economy of words, you know, that you want to make sure that you're, that, uh, that you're being frugal and uh, making a nice streamlined story that's very readable. So, um, I, uh, I one of my first drafts, um, I had this birthday party, and I like named everybody at the birthday party, and <laughs> they weren't going to be in the rest of the book. I just felt that you know you needed to know who everyone was at the party, but uh, <laughs> as you can imagine, that uh, that really doesn't work. <laughs> So, and, uh, and you know, it, uh, it works well. You know, if you need to mention someone, you can mention them by a title. Um, you know, a policeman doesn't need to have a name. There needs to be a cop that's there. Um, you know, and 
just have to make those decisions on how important that character is and how much you want to put in there because if it's there, um, especially if you're putting a lot of information out on this person, the, the reader may be looking for them later. And if they're only in one scene, really consider how much information is necessary for the reader so that they're not looking for them later. Yeah, and particularly, you know, consider what viewpoint you're using uh, and remember that, you know, in a, in a given scene, we should only really be giving across the information, well, say, I write third person limited, so the, the viewpoint character of that scene, I should only really be portraying information that, that's available to that character. So obviously, if I start naming the uh, you know the guy at the end of the bar, <laughs> then that's, that's a viewpoint error right there. <laughs> so yeah, absolutely. Well, and you can extend that even far farther than that, uh, just a little bit further. Um, but also, you know, information that the character finds important. You know, that uh, if it's something that the character is not going to notice, make sure that if okay, so, if it's something the character wouldn't pay attention to and the reader needs to pay attention to it, you need to put it in a way that it comes across um, as the right point of view and as the right character development. Yeah, and, and you know, your, your character not paying attention, you know, could be great character development. <laughs> you know, he, he might not really want to listen or, you know, might not like the look of this person and not really care what their name is. And, you know, that could, that could really evolve that character. Yeah, no, that'd be a really good... Uh, idea on how to how to put together a character who's really aloof um, and just <laughs> just blows off all the information that's being given that's out. You know, it's like <laughs> like uh, like we could go back when we were we were talking before about uh, about the the clunky dialogue in the last episode where uh, you know the introduction is like uh, and my name is I I don't care what your name is you know <laughs> like that. <laughs> that could, that could uh, make for a really interesting character and uh, some some. Interesting and light pre-writing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it could be a lot of fun. So, well, this uh, our time has flown by again. Uh, just coming up to the end of the show. Um, there's so much that you can do with character development. Uh, um, Peter, is there anything that uh, you just want to let people know that uh, that would really help them make sure that they're hitting this right in when they're going back and doing editing? Um, I think um, you know if you want to make sure that your your character is 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 growing because that's you know as you as you mentioned the full circle before you know you want you want them to evolve and you want them to end up in in a better place whatever that means to them i think you know as long as they're going through these try fail cycles which we can discuss in the future um and you know that they're making the the best decision that they can you know given the particular disaster or, or plot point, then they're, they're going to naturally grow and evolve from it anyway. So as long as you've, you're inserting these cycles and the, you know, the character is making decisions and and you know going about things and not just letting things happen to them, then you know they are going to grow and you know you'll you'll notice it as, as you do this. Absolutely, that's really good. Uh, I think that uh, that's a perfect place to end on it. You know. Um, I really appreciate uh, Peter uh, having you on the show again. Uh, as being my co-host here, uh, it's uh, it's great to get to know you better, you know, and, and be able to share in this. I, I just love to be able to talk about writing, and I hope yeah, that uh, it's been a pleasure. 
Yeah, could go on, could go on all night. <laughs> I know you really could. So, <laughs> and sometimes it's hard not to not to finish this up. But uh, we've got lots of episodes that uh, that'll be coming up in the future. You know, and we're going to hit things. Um, if uh, if you are a writer who would like help uh, with your words, uh, up to thirty five hundred words, you can submit them to us, and uh, we can go through that uh, and using whatever the show is that we're doing and, and concentrating on that to help make those stronger. Uh, if you are an editor who would like to be a guest on the show. Um, in the snow notes, you can uh, drop us a line and let us know. We'd love to have you on and be able to talk with you. Keep on writing, uh, keep on editing, and make sure you're getting the best work possible. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening, and come back next week for more. Please visit thebookeditorshow.com for show notes, links to guests, books and extras, and for information on how to be a guest on the show. <laughs> <laughs>